Hi, this is Ryan Hendrickson. This is our fifth episode of EIU Innovate. I'm the Dean of the Graduate School at Eastern Illinois University, and I'm so pleased today to have with us is Dr. Danell Larson. Dr. Larson is a professor of music education, and like the rest of our previous guest, a real leader in a range of things on campus at Eastern Illinois University. Uh, it's just, her resume is so impressive. Her campus contributions run across the gamut. And she also, as you probably noticed from our different lead-in music today, um, has some unique research interest, and we will certainly go back to that. But we're gonna talk about piano bars, we're gonna talk about ukuleles, and we're gonna have a really fun time with this podcast. So I'm very pleased to have Dr. Larson with us. Dr. Larson, welcome. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's really nice to have you here. How great, you're doing so many interesting, fun things at EIU, and I mean, I just kinda don't know where to begin because there's so many good things, but let's just start off first. Maybe you can talk about your research. You're a professor of music education, and I know you're doing a lot of different research projects, but what is on the front of your mind right now? What are you so excited about and wanna share with some of our listeners? A few different things. Music education is so fascinating. I love to think about teaching. I love to think about performing. I love to think about kids and how they interact with music. So I have a few different projects happening right now. One involves ukuleles, and we'll talk more about that in a bit here. Um, Another one involves thinking about curriculum and music education. And this has become a focus of my research, thinking about the curriculum and what it is that we spend our time teaching kids in music classes, whether that be band, orchestra, choir, traditional ensemble classes, or general music classes. And there is a lot of research happening out there in the field right now regarding informal music learning. So thinking about different types of music, different genres of music, becoming a part of the curriculum in the classroom. And that's where the ukulele interest came about. Um, As a music education professor, I venture into schools quite a bit. I supervise student teachers. I see what's happening in music programs. And there has been a very large push in the last decade or so to incorporate guitar classes, ukulele classes, technology classes, all these different types of music courses that we might not think of as being traditional. So a few years ago, I wrote a Redden grant to get us some ukuleles here. I thought this is something we need to be helping our students learn and be prepared to teach, teach should they be asked to teach this in their own music programs in the future. So we've been using ukuleles in introduction to music education courses and thinking about different kinds of techniques we can use for teaching as well as different curriculum that we can use in those courses. Um, And that relates to a piano bar research agenda that's also happening. Some friends and I at a conference were just talking about how fun it is to go to a piano bar and listen to dueling pianos and how impressive these musicians are in the way that they're performing, interacting with audience members, and just playing on the spot. And the three of us that are collaborating on this project all come from fairly traditional, what you would call a traditional musical background. And so we were enamored with the talent of these people and started thinking about education and what we were wondering what their experiences were as music students. So we 
developed this idea to do some interviewing. And the three of us are from different parts of the country. So we have traveled, we have all contributed in various ways to this project by interviewing as many piano bar professional musicians as we could find. Okay, so let's, we wanna definitely go back to ukuleles, but let's stick with the piano bar stuff for a minute. Tell me how you go about this research. You're, you're hanging out in the bar and somebody's playing the piano and then how do you engage with them? And then what kind of questions are you asking to this piano bar musician? And what are you th thinking you might find, I guess? What's your hypothesis? Right, we were very interested in finding out what their experience is, if they were part of traditional music curriculum in, in their schools growing up. Um, research protocol says that we should contact people ahead of time, which we have tried to do. We would call various piano bars and ask if we could set up interviews and provide documentation and all of those sorts of things that we need to do. Usually we would get no response, honestly. So the best approach became show up, start talking to these musicians when they're on break, and hopefully they would give us some of their time. Um, I found that most of them were really excited to know that somebody was interested in learning about their experience and asking them questions about education. So we ask them what their experience is, if they were formally trained, how they learn new songs, how they interact with audience members, if they wish their music program from their past had done things differently to help encourage their skills, because they're using such a different skill set than what we use in most of our traditional ensembles. So do you find that most of them have a formalized background in music training, or are they just good pianists? Well, at this point, we've interviewed 11 professional piano bar musicians, and the majority of them had participated in a formal ensemble of some sort, but most of them had not continued with that. They didn't stick with it very long. Mm -hmm. There were two of the 11 who actually had music degrees, and so it was very interesting to talk to them because they had this traditional formal training that the others did not. But most of them, when we asked, do you have advice for music teachers or, or what would you tell young students that are learning how to be music teachers? And they said, almost all of them said, let the students have more choice over the music that they interact with in their classrooms, give them some autonomy of their own learning, bring in music that they're listening to, use music that they're excited about, that will help motivate them and you can still teach musical concepts and musical curriculum that you need to teach just in a different way. I bet your subjects are just delighted when you approach them and want to talk to them because I, I just think of that piano bar musician is you hear them and you appreciate them many times, but you don't think to stop to walk by them or maybe you'll give them a tip, but you know, you appreciate them, I guess, when they stop and all of a sudden you're like, well, where's the music? So I bet they love it. They have been very receptive and excited to interact with us, and we have done some follow-up interviews and kept in touch with some of them. I think the same thing to it, usually in the holidays when there's a pianist at the mall who's playing, and, you know, it's a tough job. You know, they just keep playing and playing, 
and you like it, and then they stop and go on break, and you kind of look and go, hey, wait a minute, keep the music going. Exactly. I feel I right. kind of feel sorry for them sometimes, to be honest, but they're always so so talented, and I but I just I guess you'd probably be finding that too with your own subjects. Absolutely. Okay, ukuleles. Yes. So we don't have too many uh, ukulele researcher experts at EIU. So, I mean, by definition, you are innovative here. Let's talk about that Reading Grant. So you, you mentioned that you applied and received a Reading Grant maybe a few years ago. And that I think allowed- three or four years ago, I think. Okay, so three or four years ago, you get the Reading Grant. That allows you to purchase some ukuleles and then go from there. What? It, I guess I should add in too, you've won this fabulous new student impact grant for faculty mentors that we have on campus. Uh, we have a new provost, and this provost has worked with me and some others to help create this new grant for people who are engaging students, both undergraduate or graduate students, and in your case, this student impact grant engages sort of multiple student bodies, which is really cool. So tell us about the ukuleles and then tell us about the student impact grant and how you're, what you're gonna do. Sure, well I will begin by saying I am not a great ukulele player, so this was a challenge for myself also. Again, in seeing that this is a major part of curriculum out there in many general music classrooms um, with adult learners also. There are many adults in the community that play ukuleles at home. And so I thought it was very important to bring this informal music learning into our music education curriculum here so our students are prepared for this. So the first Redding grant, we were able to purchase nine ukuleles. That's not enough for all the students in my classes, but we started with nine. I followed up with a second Redding grant the following year and received nine more ukuleles. So now we have enough for most of our students in one particular class. So in courses, I hand them a ukulele and I say, figure out something to play. And that usually makes our students panic because they're used to, again, learning in a very traditional way, having sheet music in front of them. But after they kind of get into it for a little while, I see something happen. They, they are very excited about what it is that they're doing. They're pulling songs off the radio or Beatles or, or music content that they wouldn't normally engage with in their band class or in their traditional orchestra class. And they're thinking about how to teach this. So we've had a lot of fun in our curriculum and in our courses. And I was so excited to see this new impact grant opportunity come about because I also am very active with undergraduate research students. And I have two students working together on a project they, they knew that they wanted to investigate differentiated instruction techniques. And they were thinking about popular music and alternative music anyway. Okay, I gotta interrupt you on that. Sure. Differentiated instructional techniques. Yes. Okay, what, what are we talking about with that? Okay, so that means in a music classroom, let's say you have 25 students, they don't all have the same skill set. They don't all, some might have taken private lessons, some might not know how to read any music. And so differentiated instruction techniques become very important. That means the teacher presents material in a number of ways and provides the students with a number of different opportunities um, for how they engage with that material. So these two undergraduate researchers are developing materials right now that we're going to use this spring in Jefferson Elementary School with a sixth grade 
music class, and they are working on how to provide these opportunities for the students to challenge themselves yet still feel successful while working with a new instrument. How many times do you go into the classroom with these with the ukuleles? With the elementary students? Right. Yeah, the six, you, we're planning yeah. right now, we're working out the details with the teacher. We're planning on a three-week unit, so we'll be with each class three or four times. Okay, so you and your undergraduate researchers go in there each day for three weeks, and you'll see what the outcomes are. And we're also going to involve the Introduction to Music Education class and the Methods and Materials for Teaching Instrumental Music class that I teach both of those courses this spring. So they will all, all of those music education students will have the opportunity to work with sixth graders. Wow, that's gonna be fun to determine yes. what the impact is there. So I know you're working with the instructor of the sixth grade, I think is an, maybe an EIU alumnus who's now in our Masters of Music Education program. Tell us a little bit about that because I know you're very actively engaged in our online music education program. Yes, he is one of our students in our online music education program, so it's very exciting that we can also collaborate with him in this new way. We have 21 students in our music education online program. It's a new program. Our first group of students is getting ready to finish up this summer with their coursework, and they are all developing independent research projects that they are doing with their own students in their own classrooms. All of our students are currently working music teachers. That's one of the requirements to be in the program. So every student in the program has their own group of students to test out theories, try new teaching techniques, and bring back to the online class. Your online graduate program made some major curriculum revisions uh, about two years ago. And all of a sudden you've seen some big enrollment growth what's happening and why are you able to attract the number of students that you are apart from the fantastic scholars that are there in your program but what happened and what's going on that makes EIU's music ed so exciting when we designed this program and did these curricular revisions we asked working teachers what they wanted we looked at other programs that were happening and we tried to do something different and something unique. And again, we wanted it to be very applicable. Everything that they are learning about and doing in the program, they can turn around and directly apply to their classrooms. We have also worked very hard to create flexibility, not only in when they do their work with an online program, but how they apply the information. So in our program, we currently have general music teachers, we have high school choir directors, we have orchestra teachers, we have band directors. So they are all interacting with the same information and then they are deciding how to apply that information in a meaningful way to their own situation. And I think that has been one of the most successful parts of the program and they all the feed, feedback we are receiving is, has been great. Yeah, that's wonderful. I know your department has worked very hard and made those important changes and it just it had an immediate impact with uh, enrollment and uh, your students are winning some of our most prestigious awards in the graduate school and our, they received Hammond Society Scholar Awards which is very I mean that's their top award so it's really impressive the kind of work you're doing I know you're involved a little bit with the summer band that EIU has tell us about that 
the Charleston Summer Band is a wonderful summer group. Anybody can come and play. Ginger Stanfield is the director. She was the band director at Jefferson Elementary for many, many years. She's a wonderful friend and person and musician. And so the summer band, I believe, last summer had every age represented from fourth grade to 75 years old. And so they perform concerts every week in the park outside, a wonderful 4th of July celebration. Um, and I've been honored to be a member of that band and can continue to play. And sometimes I am an invited guest conductor also. So we hope everyone comes out to hear the summer band. I see that. You're an invited guest conductor at a number of places in this coming spring. How does one get to be an invited guest conductor? That's pretty cool. It's very cool. I think it's very important to remain active in my field as a practitioner, as a teacher. So I love receiving invitations to go out and work with groups, either just in their own classrooms on a regular day or to do something special like an honor band. And that I'm just honored to be invited. Um, directors talk and they, and they have ideas for whom they would like to invite to do things. Just getting out there into the community, getting to know teachers and working musicians, the invitations just start coming. And then if we enjoy ourselves and have a good time, hopefully more will come in the future. So it's one of my favorite things to do. Very nice. All right. So for all of our previous guests, I always ask the question about what your favorite publication has been. So do you have one that stands out to you as something that was more meaningful or maybe hit a key journal that you like or, I, you know, I don't know, it could be anything, but do you have one of those on the list oh that goodness. rises above? That's a difficult question. The first thing that comes to mind, not necessarily a favorite publication, but a favorite moment from a research project. I was working in a band program looking at using small ensemble groups in a large ensemble setting. So these students had never played in chamber groups, one person on a part. And I was working with a band director who allowed me to come into his program and do my research study. And so some of the students were just receiving band in a traditional manner, in a full group manner. Some were, some students were assigned to work in chamber groups and that meant one student on a part. So we did the research study, I did interviews, we did performance tests, all of those things happened. I followed up the following semester and came back and interviewed the students and I asked them what they remembered. And I will never forget, one trumpet student said, I was going to quit band until I did this project. I had never played one part, I had never been responsible for playing one part alone it made me realize that I was good, even though I sit last chair trumpet. I love music now, and it made me confident. And that, to me, gets to the heart of my own teaching philosophy. I think that's our job as educators, to try to pull out those strengths in the students, help them, help them um, figure out what they're good at, and help build that confidence. So, so that's one of my favorite moments from my own research. How about your research on women in the drum corps? That's pretty unique stuff. That is, and I have to give credit to my doctoral dissertation advisor, Dr. Jill Sullivan at Arizona State University. This is her, this is one of her 
main research agenda items. And she was, when I was a doc student there, she was researching female military bands. And I was doing an independent study with her, and she said, these women that I'm interviewing keep talking about this group called the Hormel Girls. Why don't you take that and run with it and do some interviews? And so that has turned into, oh gosh, probably 10 years or so of research. I interviewed these women, I got to meet these women, and since then I've done a number of projects on female drum and bugle corps. What are you finding? We're what, finding what's that unique it's, about this group? Females have been underrepresented and not written about, and these groups have existed for a number of years, and they haven't been, their stories have not been documented. Okay. Now, you know, you're, you're on, you're chair of the uh, Council on Teacher Education. You have a full range of classes that you're doing, both online and face-to-face. -face. You have other service activities. So the question is the natural one, I think, is next, is when do you write and where do you write? I always like to know that about our EIU scholars. I think I'm a bit unusual when it comes to the when part. I'm a morning person, and most of the academics I know do their best work late at night. I think it's the years of teaching high school band that helped me become a morning person. So my best working time is usually 4.30 to 6.30 in the morning. I'm 4 an early riser. Yes. Oh, yes. boy. Not every day. Okay. I'll be honest. It's not every day, but my best thinking and my clearest head um, those those times happen very early in the morning for me. How did you get this pure joy and love for music? I mean, you can just you can just hear it and see it in you that you just are really engaged and you love to see people love to learn about music. How did that happen? That's a great question. It's always been there. I don't know that it. Were you like that when you were in high school and you were in the probably in the band and probably loved band? Or, yes, and I do yeah. have a very musical family. I have a very supportive family. I come from a long line of teachers. And so I grew up with music happening in the home. I had wonderful, wonderful music teachers that, that have influenced my life. And that just really helped me to decide this is what I want to do. So what's next beyond the piano bar research and the ukuleles? Do you have any other big projects you're kind of toying around with and thinking this is, this is where I want to go next? Yes. Working with our recent graduates, I've been very interested in mentoring and thinking about first-year teachers and how to help support them. They graduate, they leave, they go to their new program. We keep in touch, but... I know it's really, really difficult as a new teacher. So, so I've just, um, I have just started a new research project with last spring's music education graduates. We are keeping in touch. I am asking them some formal questions. We are sharing resources in a Google Classroom. So they are talking about all of their current challenges. They're supporting each other. I'm providing resources and trying to jump in and help them. And this, the plan is for this to be a two-year project, and I will bring in all of the new graduates each semester to really try to develop a community and help support them through that transition from student to teacher. Your research is really interesting and different from a lot of, I would think, kind of classical research in that 
you're so engaged and it's also kind of you're empowering people but you're in the process of you're trying to empower them as data comes in i mean it sounds like you're doing the ukulele research is seeing how you can kind of get people interested in music and what's the trigger and this project with engaging alumni instructors is kind of the same thing in that you're trying to really identify the challenges and problems and then figure out the, what the solutions are. Yes, and to me, research should be direct, applicable, and impactful. And those are things that I try to do in every research project that I work with. I want it to directly benefit the teachers or the students and I want it to be relevant also to their lives. You are a true innovator. Well, thank if, you very much. Yes. So, Dr. Larson, this has been really nice. Have I missed anything? I think we've covered a lot. No, no. We indeed have. I, I did not know about the ukuleles and the piano bar research. I guess I've, I keep saying that, but I mean, nobody else is doing that, which is awesome. Probably nobody in the country except your co-authors are doing That's that. Right. So, in that respect, uh, you are truly innovative, but uh, making just really a significant difference on our campus, but also in our community. And it's just so cool to see this. So in any event, I really want to thank you for being a guest. And uh, maybe we'll come back and see what this piano bar research and ukulele research ends up resulting in. Definitely. Keep watching. Um, our imp another part of our impact grant this spring, we are planning a workshop for adult and community members. So be watching. We have not yet set the date, but watch for that. We'll advertise around the community and no experience necessary, no instrument necessary. We will have them for you. And our undergraduate researchers and our music education students will help lead that workshop. So we hope to see some community members out there. Well, thank you. And we will close out. And uh, thank you for listening and enjoy. Thank you very much for having me.